Welcome, Warriors, to MDC. In this series, I'm examining every single goddamn page of the Secrets of Shadowloo supplement for the Street Fighter storytelling game, intent on uncovering the single biggest secret on each page. Every episode covers one page, every episode is short. Secrets of Shadowloo was published in 1994 by White Wolf Game Studio. Today we're discussing page 57 of Secrets of Shadowloo, and it's an easy one today. It's the final page of the Marie Gonka chapter, and uh, it's really just a, sort of an epilogue. It's just sort of a final wrap-up. There's no additional material about Marie on this page. There are stats for what is called the Elite Robot, which is the robot guard that patrols the lowest levels of Marie But other than some fairly generic robot stats, all that's on this page is a little note about, you know, what happens if your players make it through all this stuff. In the context of a Street Fighter campaign... What if Street Fighters get to Mriganka, punch and fireball and spinning clothesline their way through all these defenses, and just tear the fucking place apart? What happens then? Quote, so how do the players destroy Mriganka? They don't. Well, they could. Suppose they did. Suppose they took out every guard, blew up every room, fought M. Bison to a standstill, and shut all the criminal operations down. If Mriganka was really destroyed, the base would be moved somewhere else. Moreover, each of the overlords of crime would become more powerful, and each of their bases would gain greater autonomy, and the criminal web would extend even further. And he goes on in this passage to say that storytellers should maybe just keep their players from having that kind of crushing success in Riganka, and instead have, like, targeted strikes, you know, get into the island, accomplish something, and get out, so you can go back again and again as an adventure location. That's all good storytelling advice, then that's fine. What I want to talk about is the logic of that one paragraph that I quoted. The logic about how if you absolutely tore apart Mriganka, like if you did a 100% completion run of the entire Undercity and, and took out every mook and took out every mini boss, and as it says here, fought M. Bison to a standstill, even in that dream scenario of rampant unconquered fists just beating Mriganka to a pulp, all that happens is Shadowloo becomes more diffuse and the overlords of crime become more powerful. The point I think is to convey to the storyteller that Mriganka is not like kind of a video game stage that is meant to be cleared, and then the problem of Shadowloo is solved, right? This is a way of saying no degree of combat success in a Mriganka adventure can like beat Shadowloo into submission as an organization, which is fair enough. Here's what this passage makes me think of, though. Why exactly would you try to beat up like everyone on an island? I mean, aside from the fact that you're a street fighter and... Given a populated island, you have a deep primal instinct to beat up everyone on it. Like, rationally, why would you try to beat up everyone on the island? Like, even the librarians in the library? Like, even the people who work at the evil pizza place next to the golden statue? Everybody? I don't think you would do that. I don't even think you would go in every room. Why would you? It's not a dungeon. You're not looking for treasure. What you'd probably do if you wanted to destroy Shadaloo is, for example, bomb it. Or you could set up a blockade of some kind. You know, keep anything from getting onto or off the island, enforce some sanctions. If you suspect this to be like the center of the spider web, disrupt the cash flow by preventing them from receiving and shipping out all their various contraband and all that stuff. You might kill him bison and not like Street Fighter kill him where you have a dramatic duel on a cliffside somewhere and then you beat him bloody until his psychic flame is flickering and then you hurl him off and then he's dead until the sequel. Not kill like that. I mean, like, you know, shoot him, like, like send in uh, soldiers of some kind to shoot him with guns, or you could kill him with like a drone strike, or you could just, you know, bomb the whole island, or you could assassinate him. That would be another way to do it. But not just that, like don't just kill him, but also infrastructure of the island. 
right? What's it going to do without power? What's it going to do without the generator? What's it going to do without food? There are no wheat fields on Riganka. There are no evil dairies on Riganka. Presumably they import their food, and the operation would kind of fall apart if they couldn't eat. What are they going to do if you blockade the island with serious military naval vessels? Come crash into your battleship with four hovercrafts? My point is, all these defenses that we've been talking about, this whole uh, structure that's been set up in Riganka, this complex of like death traps and frozen ninjas who could be thought out to fight invaders and all that stuff, it's kind of like this useless Maginot line against fist fighters, if you know what I mean. It's great for defeating uh, invading martial artists who like swim up on the beach and start kicking people, but there's nothing here other than like the threat of nuclear arms. Like in terms of conventional warfare, there's nothing really here to defeat or dissuade just like regular war or even militarized law enforcement activities. That's the secret of Shadaloo on this page. And it straddles the line between in character and out of character, because I think you can rationalize it in terms of M. Bison's weird obsession with street fighting, but it's also a feature of the setting and the game experience. There's lip service given in this game from time to time to the idea that, you know, Interpol and, you know, national agencies of all these different kinds, they can't really make any headway against Shadaloo. So what they need is a, a cadre of real tough fist fighting weirdos to go in there and take care of business on the island. They need you to go in there and be their John McClane because masses of troopers or fleets of military vehicles can't do the job. But in fact, exactly the opposite is true. Mriganka is well defended against pretty much street fighters and only street fighters. In this game, you are playing the only kind of person who can't topple Mriganka, I would say. That is both the absurdity and the genius of this game's premise. Of course, when you really think about it, you can't beat up an international criminal slash espionage agency. Of course, you can't punch it into submission, but it feels good to try. And it's going to keep feeling good for the duration of your Street Fighter campaign because you'll never be done. We mentioned way back when we were talking about the organization of Shadaloo that it's uniquely easy for Street Fighters to infiltrate the organization, right? Because they operate by this system where if you beat up your boss in Shadaloo or just a boss in Shadaloo, like even if you don't work there, you just sort of gradually become part of the organization. And they also recklessly recruit anyone who's involved with street fighting in any capacity. But while it's easy for street fighters to get into a fight with Shadaloo and get pretty close, there is, in the end, nothing a street fighter can really do to solve the Shadaloo problem. And I'd love to say that this is some big master plan of Bison's to like move the locus of conflict to a kind of fight that he can't really lose, but I don't think that's it at all. I just think M. Bison is basically to street fighting as like Donald Trump is to Twitter. Like for some reason, he cares about it a lot and the people there hate him and constantly attack him. But at the end of the day, no matter how hard you dunk on Donald Trump on Twitter, it has no material effect on him. It might upset him because he's just weird that way, but it won't hurt him. Not really. And in the same way, street fighters just want to get a piece of him bison because he's constantly fucking with them. But there is no path from street fighting to actually deposing him bison. The only way to really defeat M. Bison and his organization would be to stop fist fighting it once you've got the information you need and attack it using normal, boring, conventional diplomatic and military means, which is why Street Fighter the Storytelling Game is a tragedy. Because if you're a Street Fighter, you have something in common with M. Bison, an irrational fixation on using fist fighting as the tool, however inappropriate, to solve any given problem. Anyway, on that fatalistic note, we are now done with the Mriganka chapter. Let's hold on to this philosophical mindset and reconvene next time to ponder the words of an anonymous philosopher and poet of Shadaloo on MDC. 
This has been MDC. New episodes drop every day except for Sundays, when all the previous week's episodes drop in one big megasode on the top-secret Patreon-only RSS feed. If you'd like to get access to that RSS feed and support the show, go to patreon.com slash megadumbcast. Contact or check out the show wherever you want. I am Megadumbcast on Twitter, Instagram, Gmail, Podbean, your favorite podcatcher, etc., etc. Street Fighter and all associated trademarks are property of Capcom. This season's theme music, used under a Creative Commons license, is City Lights at Night by Revolution Void, whose work you can find at sites.google.com slash view slash Revolution Void, or at freemusicarchive.org slash music slash revolution underscore void. Thanks for listening. Now get lost. You can't compare with my power.